Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 346 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we take a pause from our Come Follow Me studies and we have a look at something else that uh, I've studied or that our listeners have studied throughout this week. Um, And as we don't have any listener comments as such to share this week, we're going to dive straight in because we've got lots more to talk about with our study on types of doctrine Uh, for a good number of weeks now uh, on our Monday episodes. We've been looking at these different types of doctrine around core supporting policy and esoteric doctrines. Uh, And today we're going to have a look at an example of what that might look like and then talk about how we determine or how we find as members of the church what this doctrine is. What what do we learn doctrine from? Where do we find doctrine from? Um, So an example that uh, that Anthony Sweat gives in his publication, I think, is a very good one. Although we've talked about different uh, applications and examples all the way through our episodes. And please do have a look back at our Monday episodes if you've missed those up to now. Uh, But he looks at uh, baptism and how uh, an example of core doctrine is the doctrine that we need to be baptised in order to receive uh, the celestial glory in the celestial kingdom. That is a core doctrine uh, that's essential for our salvation. Um, the idea of baptisms for the dead is a supportive doctrine for this core doctrine. For us personally, uh, it is not, not so much a core doctrine, but to support our understanding of how it works and how it is part of God's plan. Um, the baptism for the dead is a supportive, essential doctrine to help explain the process by which everyone will have the opportunity to be baptised. Uh, again, not core necessarily for ourselves as an individual, but it helps our understanding of this doctrine, and it is a true essential part of the doctrine of baptism. It is a supportive part of it, baptisms for the dead. In terms of policy doctrine around baptism, is the how and where these proxy baptisms or these baptisms for the dead can take place. Uh, at this moment in time, they can take place only in temples, uh, which was revealed as we read and studied um, fairly recently in our Doctrine and Covenants uh, study in sections 124 and 127. Uh, they need to be in the in the in the temple, uh, and they need to be witnessed uh, and recorded, uh, and they need to be done by members who are uh, who turn twelve in the year in that year or older, um, who have a limited use recommend, and so on and so on. And actually, this policy doctrine itself has changed in the past few years alone. Obviously, who can witness these baptisms changed in the last few years. And so it's just a great example of how that is a policy doctrine that changed. It doesn't mean that the core doctrine and the the supporting doctrine changed, but the policy doctrines can change over time, and that is within the Lord's uh, will and time to do so. Uh, And then finally esoteric uh, doctrine around baptism is one question which I was asked on my mission by a very sincere uh, investigator was, but I I don't want to baptize my, I don't believe we should baptize our people who have passed on before us because they can't choose, it's not their choice. And of course, the esoteric doctrine around that is exactly how these proxy baptisms will be accepted or not accepted by deceased people. We don't really know that for sure. Uh, we may have some ideas, um, but we, we we sense or believe that that is probably the case, but we don't know exactly how that works. That is an esoteric doctrine. So I really liked that kind of illustration of how these four 
principles or these four types of doctrine work together. And you can kind of see the picture that's formed around baptism when you have this core doctrine with the supportive doctrine as to how it can be applicable to all, how it's done in the world, in the in the gospel, in the church rather today, and how there are some other things we don't know for, for 100% sure. And there is probably a truth about it, uh, but we don't know the full details of that at this time in the esoteric level. So in terms of, you know, how we find out what true doctrine is, um, Anthony Sweat says, quote, how can we know if the church stands behind a particular teaching as one of its authorised doctrines? Close quote. Um, he, they, they, he and the people he, he wrote this with suggest uh, four sources that we should look for. Uh, they say, quote, is it repeatedly found in the scriptures? Is it proclaimed by the united voice of the current brethren? Is it consistently taught by current general authorities and general officers acting in their official capacity? And fourth, is it found in recent church publications or statements? Close quote. And you'll notice that there was some very specific wording there. And what we'll do, what we'll do is we'll go through each one of those four sources of doctrine. And we're not going to get through all four of them right now. We'll probably get through the first one or maybe two, and then we'll conclude the rest next week. But I think it's very important that we delve a bit deeper into these four sources of doctrine to help us understand where we do find true doctrine, whether it is core supporting uh, policy or even es esoteric. Uh, let's have a look. So first of all, the scriptures. Now notice that the first question was, is it repeatedly found in the scriptures? And this is, of course, uh, to avoid individuals taking one verse perhaps out of context and basing what they believe to be doctrine because it says this in the scriptures. Uh, Alder B. H. Roberts of the Seventy taught, quote, the church has confined the sources of doctrine by which it is willing to be bound before the world to the things that God has revealed and which the church has officially accepted and those alone. These have been repeatedly accepted and endorsed by the church in general conference assembled and are the only sources of absolute appeal for our doctrine, close quote. Um, then Anthony Sweat continues, quote, It should be noted, however, that simply because something is found within the pages of canonized scripture does not mean it represents the church's official doctrine. When using scripture to define an official doctrines, we are also to seek truths that are often repeated and internally self-consistent. Although it is found in the New Testament, for example, we would not proclaim as our doctrine that no man hath seen God at any time in 1 John 4.12, because this singular verse sets us outside Many other harmonised examples, for example, in Exodus 24, Genesis 32, Acts 7, Joseph Smith history, and so on, close quote. The, the, the principle is, is that when we're reading and searching out doctrine from the scriptures, if we find one phrase, such as the one in 1 John 4, 12, which seems to be contradictory, and at times that can happen, uh, to other things that we find in our standard works, for example, no man have seen God at any time, but yet we have examples of Moses and others, and um, Stephen was the Acts 7 example, the prophet Joseph Smith, throughout history, having seen God, then of course that means that that particular line is not, is not our official doctrine on if individuals can see God. Uh, and so I think that that is uh, an important uh, sp specific thing to remember, is that we should not take uh, random quotes and then take truth from that. In fact, uh, Elder Boy K. Packer taught, quote, essential truths are repeated over and over again in the scriptures. 
Every verse, whether off-quoted or obscure, must be measured against other verses. There are complementary and tempering teachers in the scriptures which bring a balanced knowledge of truth. Close quote. Also remember uh, that in the scriptures we have some policy doctrines which don't apply necessarily to us today. Um, examples of this uh, include the law of circumcision or the or missionaries having to leave without purse or script. Um, we know that latter revelations, whether by the Saviour or his prophets and apostles, have superseded that. Um, and so um, Anthony Sweat says, quote, Thus we should look to see if a scriptural teaching is confirmed by modern revelation or supplanted by it. Close quote. And there will be many other examples like that in the scriptures too. But as we've discussed, that is the nature of policy doctrine. Those can change over time. And so we should look to the next point of our reference, which is the united voice of the current brethren. But we are running short on our time, so we'll probably aim to focus on the last three in next week's episode. So thank you very much for joining with us once again. I uh, hope you enjoyed this study. Uh, continue to share the podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we've studied as well on Facebook, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come and Follow Me. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and until we meet again. <laughs>